0: One of my high school English teachers taught me a very important lesson. Fear is only an obstacle to achieving success. She frightened me so much that I had to push against my inclination to throw in the towel when things got too difficult. Shaming was not beneath her. She had an implacable demeanor that could reduce her students to tears but she always gave us a reason to try harder, to become better. Her standard of excellence presented a wholesome challenge for life. Will we be content to stay mediocre or push on to greater heights? The same can be said about our pursuit of holiness. If too often we find ourselves trapped in the same sins and vicious cycles, then we probably lack a certain imagination about the potential persons we could be. Virtue is hard to obtain, requiring much self-denial. It makes us feel inauthentic because, naturally, we haven't yet attained the blessed life. We fear letting go of what we know, what's comfortable, and embracing the unknown. The demands of virtue seem not only impossible for some, but altogether intimidating. After all, why go through all the trouble to impress a God who is utterly transcendent? By commanding us to be holy, does he really have our good in mind? The right kind of fear is a useful tool in battling against complacency. My English teacher knew all too well that scare tactics do get fast results. Her intense curriculum separated the boys from the men by testing our resolve to learn difficult lessons. The point was not so much to destroy our self-confidence as it was to push us out of our comfort zones. Like anything worth doing for its own sake, we have first to undergo the trial of going against the path of least resistance. This will result in a real struggle with ourselves. The problem with vice and bad habit is that we forget what it's like to be truly free to choose the good. We ultimately desire the good, but our heart's disordered affections leave us high and dry. St. John Cashin in his 11th conference on perfection speaks about the three ways in which men control their faults. These are analogous to the virtues faith, hope, and love. The first is synonymous with the recurring phrase, the fear of the Lord, and can be said to pervade each stage of one's progress towards God. The person who fears the just punishments of hell can be compared to the slave who only wants to stay out of trouble. The one who hopes for the recompense of heaven for doing what is virtuous is compared to the hireling who is conscious conscious of his good deeds and looks with expectation to receiving a reward. These two, however, have not yet attained the love that is proper to a son. A son knows that all his father has belongs to him. This level of liberality causes him to avoid anything that would displease his father, and therefore he delights in the good for its own sake. The fear of the Lord, then, is akin to a humble disposition before the one who is by nature utterly transcendent. We fear him rightly when we realize that we are nothing without him, that our short existence on earth is but a drop in the ocean of time. This is sobering. God, however, is infinitely compassionate, despite his complete sovereignty. In today's gospel, our Lord repeats the word fear four times. This is perhaps indicative of the cultural climate in first century Palestine, but more to the point, it suggests that people in ancient times were no less afraid of their social circumstances as modern persons are. Whether it's the invasion of the Romans, COVID-19, or economic collapse, anxiety and fear are endemic to the human experience. But this doesn't mean that we have to let our worries control our lives. After all, Jesus most frequently admonishes us to become detached from this life as a means for attaining true peace. That peace is the result of an attentive imitation of the Master. His proven virtuous way of life is our invitation to freedom, freedom from our fear of the unknown. We cannot go where the Master has not already gone before us, even unto death. This leads us to that mysterious, albeit unusual assertion that Jesus makes in today's gospel. While he warns us elsewhere to give no thought to our anxiety, he does say that we should fear the one who can kill both body and soul in Gehenna. Now, this sounds threatening, unless we interpret Christ's words in light of what we said about the threefold way of contemplation, of perfection. As we have already seen, the purpose of making such a statement, fear him who can destroy both body and soul, is both to shock and to console. For us to hear this passage with some appreciation of God's sovereignty, we have first to learn more about who God is. We cannot love what we do not know. And what we know from Scripture is that God is love, that he desires only our good, and that he hates the destruction of any one of his creatures. Fear him who can kill both body and soul and Gehenna. Virtue is precisely the means by which we acquire knowledge of God. It is connatural to the very life of the Blessed Trinity. This means that whenever we hear the dominical teachings and parables in the Gospels, we should be listening to how they relate to Christ himself. As he says, the disciple is not greater than his master. The underlying message in any one of Jesus' teachings is that he is speaking from a position of absolute authority, as one with experience. We remember our lessons better when our teacher is good at evoking a personal presence and a sense of purpose. In our Lord's case, he becomes the subject matter Men often fail to practice what they preach, but our Lord will always be the exception. Christ proved his love for us by becoming obedient to the Father, even accepting the ignoble death of the cross. The virtues as we know them spring from this single source. All of Christ's actions are the actions of a God. Best of all, we can emulate them ourselves. Knowing this should make us rejoice with unspeakable joy. How can we really worry about anything if Jesus has occupied the place of death for us? In him, there is no condemnation. Symbolically, we undergo death now when we deny ourselves to follow Christ. But we are not trapped in this embrace of pain if we let go of our attachments. This is the hardest lesson to learn but the most rewarding. The more we fight against mediocrity or worse depravity of soul, we will begin to experience in ourselves the very life of Jesus. So if God indeed loves us infinitely and delights in our freedom, let us at least try to make a beginning in virtue. We will be doing ourselves a favor, the end of which is unimaginable freedom of spirit. Finally, to conclude, let us listen to the words of one who has attained the life of perfection. I quote St. Teresa of Avila. Christ does not force our will. He only takes what we give him. But he does not give himself entirely until he sees that we yield ourselves entirely to him.